On this episode of Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered, we talk about artificial intelligence. We talk about the future of a real estate agent. What is their role? Does it go from transactional to more of an advisor? We also talk about spicy food. Tune in, gonna be an incredible show. You talk about it privately, we talk about it publicly. This is the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. Welcome again to the Real Estate Insiders Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, James Dwiggins, along with my co-host, Keith Robinson, aka Crazy Uncle Keith. Yes, sir. Keith, my friend, mm. tell him about Dustin Gray. Yes, we had Dustin Gray, the CEO of Milestones AI on the pod today. We covered a bunch of stuff. We talked about AI a little bit and how that intersection point could and maybe should look 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 like for residential real estate. We talked about what, in our opinion, is the single biggest problem to solve in residential real estate, meaning most people would like to use their real estate agent again, but not everybody does. Uh, and then we dug in on spicy food and a few other things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the future of what a real estate agent looks like. And I That's right. would just plug less transactional, more advisors. So pretty incredible yep. stuff. Put it in your ear, kids. You're going to dig it. Here we go. Dustin, welcome to the show. We are super excited to have you here today. Yes. I know this is a conversation that Keith and I uh, have a lot of passion about because we're going to dive deep into sort of the, the role of a realtor now and potentially what that looks like long term. Uh, and we'll, we'll go into lots of questions and all of this stuff. But first, tell the listeners about who you are, a little bit about your background. Keep it under one minute because nobody wants to hear a long bio, but cover where you came from, where you are today, and what company you're at, just for a quick intro. All right. Hey, great to connect with everyone. My name is Dustin Gray. I am from Austin, Texas, originally born in Ann Arbor, Michigan, lived in Chicago for most of my adult life. I know a lot about prop tech. I know some things about cooking and triathlons, and I know a little <laughs> bit about parenting. <laughs> That's a pretty good rundown. Um, That's a good rundown. Good rundown. What's the your go-to meal? What's like, if you were going to make, like, what do you love? What's your favorite thing to cook? Uh, unequivocally Asian food. So um, I have a penchant for anything hot. James is dying. I've actually seen this. <laughs> it is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. He orders a meal. No, literally he orders a meal and he dumps the equivalent amount of hot sauce on top. Like I, I was mid-sentence going, are you okay? Like there's... Okay. Yeah, All right. It, yeah. Noted. Noted. It's um. It's always interesting to be like the pale white guy in an Asian restaurant and tell them to add spice to it because you get this little this look of really and yeah, like, yeah really. Yeah. And oh, so, they, then um, they take it like as a challenge. They yeah, try yeah, in yeah. Hair back. Yeah, they're nice. like bring so out that, the ghost peppers. A, yeah, <laughs> very nice. That's a that's a go to once a week is making right. something something Asian. And so spicy. you've been you've been in this business a long time, <clears throat> Dustin. I know you've had a stint at Realtor. Where's a couple other companies you were you were with previously? So. Yeah, so started as a high school student in the mid '90s, working in real estate tech, which was not a career path I might have chosen if I didn't just stumble into working for a commercial real estate broker in my little hometown. And from there, I've spent the last quarter century working on prop tech in commercial, multifamily, and now residential verticals. So kind of the old soup to nuts and. For better or worse, the entire career I've had has been at the intersection of where consumers meet technology and how. Do, what does that mean for professionals who are trying to make money? 
And so I kind of joke, this is all I know how to do. The good news is none of this stuff is really going to go away. So <laughs> yeah. with Milestones, this is my fourth venture. Um, I've had two successes and one duds as an entrepreneur. And we're now four years into this business with the goal of really modernizing the decade-long homeowner journey and creating mutual gains for the consumer and for the industry. Interesting. Well, the topic of this is going to be sort of the role of a realtor in the future. Before we dive in that, we have three rapid fire questions we always like to ask. Why'd you go? A, why'd you go super sultry? Because I just, I just, we, I, I know we've got hot sauce now. Yeah. We've got the hot sauce on the food. All right. So I'm him. really go curious how he's going to answer these three questions. <clears throat> so him. the first one, superhero. Uh, if you were one, who would it be and why? Yes, Deadpool. Absolutely, Deadpool. He's got, <laughs> he's got the best. He's got the best sense of humor. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, all right. That's a good one. That's all our right. first rated R superhero. We've I like had. it. I, like, I, I, could, I could see that. I could <laughs> yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Favorite book? Favorite book or podcast besides ours? Jeez, <laughs> um, oh, there is nothing besides yours. Um, <laughs> well said. Good answer. Uh, well said, Dustin. We'll just leave it there and move on. Yeah. So yeah. Next question. <laughs> next. Yeah. <laughs> you, said, you said rapid fire. Um, so I got back from vacation and I started reading this book. I'm partway through called Outlive. And it's this book about longevity and human health. So it's relevant for me because I'm 45 and I've got two boys. One of them's 11 and one of them's 11 months. And I want to be able to optimize my life so that as I get older, that I can actually keep up with them. And I'm convinced that whatever has got me to this point is not going to be the formula that gets me into the future. Me neither. And, yeah. Is there a chapter uh, on um, drinking in that book? Uh, Yes, as a yeah, matter of fact. Actually, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shocker. Actually, does, it, does it say more um, is better? No? Probably not. Totally. You just <laughs> nailed it. It's like it's it's like you've it's like you've read this book. Um, <laughs> here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that with every passing year it's harder to change your habits. And if I don't act relatively soon, I'm cooked and it's gonna be too late. And so I want to be healthier. I want to enjoy my life for a longer span of time. I want 60 to be the new 40, not 50 to be the new 40. Since I'm already 45, 60 feels like it has more runway. And then when I get to be 60, I'm probably going to say I want 65 to be the new. Whatever. Yeah, sure. So the only way to do that, I think, is to change your habits and maybe adopt a different mindset. And generally, I've been stubborn to this point. But I'm starting to feel like maybe it's time to listen to those aches and pains or think more critically about those habits and, and try to do better. Dustin, so that's I'm what this give book you, is all about. Yeah, I'm going to give you advice. 50 is a cliff. Let me just tell you that. It, it is not this gentle glide into old age. Yes. 50 I'm, is a cliff. I'm 43 and I feel like I've treated my body like a rave, not a temple. So <laughs> I'm not really sure Accurate. where it's going to go. But I'm going to give you your your health advice and we'll we'll jump into the questions here um hot sauce you should probably start to cut down on some of that a little bit if you want to if you want to get keeps the blood keeps the blood flowing yeah it burns off all the impurities yeah all right all right let's dive in let's let's jump into some of these these topics I, I you're you have some really interesting stuff you're working on and are close to in our industry and i think this is a it's relevant timing for us to talk about the role of a realtor in the future and I'm going to start with this this statistic, and I, then don't ignore the numbers because all of them are made up on the spot by most people anyway. But it's something like 82% of consumers say they would use their realtor again, but like less than 20% of them actually do. Why? 
what what is what is what do you what is your thoughts on this? What are we doing wrong? Why is it going this way? The, that's a horrible statistic in general. Yeah, it's actually the most important statistic and the most relevant to the problems that we're trying to solve. And it'd be easy to dismiss and say, well, geez, you know, realtors are barely in the industry for three to five years on average, and homeowners stick around for 10 years. Therefore, of course, there's not a lot of repeat business. Or it'd be easy to say, well, you have this infrequent transaction and a lot of time passes in between and people just fall out of touch. But I think that's kind of a cop out. So if you think about it, the mindset that prevails is generally, what have you done for me lately? Think about your own lives. Mm -hmm. The people who you could answer that question and say, what have you done with, for me lately? And you say, oh, well, actually this person did da 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 Those are the people that you're loyal to and you're going to go out of your way to spend your time with. If you can't complete that, what have you done for me lately thought and say, well, my realtor has helped me insert whatever problem they helped me solve here, or my realtor has stayed in touch with me or made me aware of this opportunity or checked in on me to show that they actually cared or done anything for that matter. If you're not always add value, people are probably not going to be remembered a decade later. And this is like not a shocker if you think yeah. about it, right? Right. Not, <laughs> right. The, the irony, I think, is that um, if you're like me, getting a house was excited and owning one sucks. And <laughs> homeowners actually need their real estate agent. They need their lender. Their lives change. So think about it this way. You bought, you bought your house. I don't know how many years ago. For me, it was five. My life has completely changed in five years. My needs have changed. It's all different. And so if you'd have said to me, could you, could you get help along the way? Because homeownership for us has been a little bit of a, of a tire fire. I absolutely would like that help. And no different than I would need the ongoing support from a financial advisor who is not someone who's around for like a couple of months and then leaves or an accountant or even a therapist. Because realtors are in some respects part-time therapists when they're, mm -hmm. when they're yes. in a transaction. Yes, yes. Facts. So if you think about this, this journey as a bumpy road, consumers really need help. And the people who are best equipped to give it to them are usually long gone. And so it just feels like there's this missed opportunity to garner more loyalty than that sad statistic you just quoted and get more referral business. And I think this is really a combination of things that drives that. First, I think you need a mindset shift. You actually have to think of your role not as a transactional person, but as a long-term relationship, never stop delivering service professional. And that's a mindset shift. We've taught the industry to think the opposite. They think transactionally. I, <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah, but but mm -hmm. think about how we're tooled. We are tooled for the short run. You know, mm -hmm. Coming out of Realtor.com, we taught people that you needed to jump on a lead within seconds meet a stranger, transact with them as quickly as possible and move on. And that was what was going to get you market share. So we've trained an entire industry and a generation of professionals to think, what can you do in 90 days and forget about the rest? Can I push back? You that, I, I want to push yeah, back on that ahead. just a little, right? Just a little, because I, I don't disagree massively, but it is for human beings who have no idea where they're next paychecks going to come from, but they've got absolute certainty on where their bills are going to come from. There's a natural predilection to be near term focused, right? It's, 
it's it's there's a structure of the industry i agree but it's it's difficult to be a commission only you know salesperson or service provider right and so i think there's some of the the structure creates some of it it's 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 what you said there's industry pressures yes on online leads you need to respond within seconds uh but they're just hyper focused on it like anyone would be because they're worried about how they're going to pay their mortgage next month or the following. So nobody, by the way, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Nobody said this was easy. Yeah. There's a balance between planting seeds for the future and, and mm-hmm. harvesting today. Right. And I think what we've done is we've over indexed in one area to the detriment of the other, but it's not like you can have, you can have either or you have to do both and do yeah, both. both and, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got one more theory on this that I want to run past you. I I think historically, this is right. Obviously a generationally long uh, industry. It's been around for a very long time. And I think in the last couple of decades, there's been this rush to the top of the funnel, right? With online leads and, but historically it was a very late cycle industry, right? You would meet someone at an open house. Well, if you're sacrificing your Sunday to go look at houses, you're pretty far down the sales funnel, right? Or we would get a, we'd get a referral from someone who, who we knew. Well, if you're calling a buddy to say, Hey, who helped you buy your house or who helped you sell your house? You're pretty far down the funnel as an industry. We've got decades and decades and decades of late phase, late funnel lead generation strategy, thoughts, tactics. And recently from the long tenure of residential real estate, everything's moved up the funnel. And I think there's some conflict there. And then that hyper-focused at the top of the funnel means, and, and maybe this is what you were alluding to, has eroded some of that sort of after the transactional focus. What do you th- What are your thoughts on that? I don't disagree. I think we can't think about after the transaction. I think what you have to do is think about homeownership. Mm. You have people you know in real life, and they are somewhere in a decade-long journey of homeownership. Yep. Statistically, most of them are just living in a home, right? And are mm-hmm. you know, five percent of people are going to buy and sell homes each year. That's mm-hmm. just that's been a norm. If you stretch it out over thirty years, it ends up being about five percent. So what we've done is we've taken an industry and we've built amazing tooling to go and chase that 5% who are transacting this year. And more or less the 95% of people who aren't transacting this year, we haven't put the same emphasis there. And Mm -hmm. my argument is when you have an industry with, you know, 2 million realtors and a half million loan officers all trying to chase the 5% who are transacting soon. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a, that is a mosh is pit. <laughs> that is a mosh pit yeah, if there ever was so, one, right? What are, you, what, are you, what are you missing in this picture? And I think the missing part is the other 95%. They're just, we're in our infancy building things to cater to that other 95%. Because if you do it right, when you get to the point of high intent, I'm ready to move now, there shouldn't be that colossal rat race where a consumer has 15 people chasing them all at once. They've already, in effect, picked one upstream. You know, it's interesting, Keith. I I find this conversation really fascinating because, you know, you use the word advisor, Dustin, just the concept of moving from essentially framing this up instead of transactional for 90 days it's you're you're saying you're involved in the process for 10 years while they own the house like you're the focal point 
I'm going to tie this to something that was really fascinating to me. So I bought a new truck from GMC recently and I downloaded the app for the truck. It is so incredible what you can do now on how the app is tied to the vehicle. It will tell you every single thing on that truck, the percentage of when it's going to need to be replaced. You can book an appointment. It auto reaches out to you and schedules your appointment at the dealership. There. They're designing it now so that the vehicle, and I'm the analogy is the house, but I'm using the vehicle in this case. They're updating me on a real-time basis on everything I need to be paying attention to in that truck, when there's a problem, when a sensor goes off, and it literally tells me how to get in and get my appointment scheduled. They're, they're automatically walking me through this ownership experience of the vehicle. I had not had that until just recently it just wasn't something that was available and i'm, I'm sitting here going like this is my advisor for the ownership of this asset well depreciating asset at least so <laughs> yeah. yeah well yeah. so in what what if what if what if gm took that one step further and it knew that you used the truck to do certain things or you had certain hobbies or interests and it told you hey, if you want to do this, here are some places you might want to go or things you might want to do to bling out your truck or whatever it was. There's mm -hmm. a lot more than just stuff's going to break, go take it in for service. If you think more about the fact that you bought that truck for a reason. Yeah. I've, dri I've ridden in that truck this week. That yes. truck is enormous. It was bought for a reason. Yeah. You let me know. My wife's horse habit is the reason we own the damn truck. <laughs> right. Thank you so for reminding me of that. There's probably other people who, <laughs> who own that truck who oh, have boy. similar hobbies and interests. There's probably places you would want to take it if you were into equestrian. There's a whole host of things yeah. that, frankly, you could put that truck to better use if somebody just said, Hey, James, nudge, nudge. Um, have you thought Do about this. whatever? Yeah. yeah. So let's tie that to real estate then. So <clears throat> like, Can I how ask, does this, yeah, go keep Let jump. me ask one more back on, cause I'd, I'd got one other thing that I've always sort of thought about and meditated on. Cause I agree with <clears throat> like everything you're saying around this 10 year period, importance of staying in touch, but, and, and I may have the stat wrong, but I want to say it's somewhere around 70 to 80% still only talk to one real estate professional, right? they aren't, most people aren't interviewing three. And so what that, what those two statistics mean is they were really happy with who they worked with. And 10 years later, they didn't remember to reach back out to that person, but they still only reach out to one person. Yeah. Right. They, they get a referral. They typically from, interview oh, one person. Yeah. They yeah. typically interview yeah. one agent for the honor to get to help them yeah. sell their home. Like yeah. to me, that's just this massive amplifier of the importance of that 10 year period, right? Because part of the reason that 2 million agents and half a million loan officers that you were talking about, well, most of them are fighting for the 20 to 30% that are talking to multiple, right? Be because a vast majority of the transactions, they're only talking to one person. Like if that, if those two stats don't tell you that you have to figure out some sort of long-term advisory role. And it's for not recipe cards. Well, I mean, unless you're a chef, right? If, if, if Dustin wanted to sp send spicy recipe cards, that would be on brand, right? If I sent recipe cards, it'd be hilarious. I better send restaurant reviews or no a, one's going to believe it. You'd set a recipe card for tater tots, Keith. I let's would. be honest. There, there are yeah. a lot of ways you're to amazing. use the glorious yeah. tater tot. Yeah. So I, I want to I pull on this thread, Keith, because yeah. I think you're onto something. 
I live in a little horseshoe-shaped subdivision with 90 homes. Mm -hmm. And in a good year, 10 of those homes sell. In a bad year, maybe four or five of those homes sell. There's like two or three realtors that know everybody in our, our neighborhood, and they do the vast majority of the sales. Yep. The ones that actually had a direct relationship that was an ongoing, how can I help you, let's have a conversation dialogue with all mm -hmm. 90, that's the one that's going to win. Yeah. Plain and simple, right? Everybody has an area that they work or a niche that they work. And you want to own that niche, whether it's a geographic one or a product-specific one or a circumstance one, you want to own that niche. And to me, the best way to do it is to do double duty of lock that down and really be engaging people before they're high intent mm -hmm. and then take really great care of the people that are high intent that you're, you're working with today. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not another or, and frankly, it's not just people you've worked with in the past. It's, it's anybody who sits in that, that geographic farm or that target or, area. That yeah, you whoever you've picked, right? Whoever you've picked, you're my <clears throat> tribe. Then you've got to make sure you're in steady, constant advisory contact with your tribe. You're, you're the go-to person, yeah. whatever yeah. that domain yeah. is. And yeah that's just critical to be the expert in that field, whatever, whatever, whatever your choice of, of thing is. Right. So, so take us down this path. So I, I, I gave the analogy of, you know, the, the app on my phone that is interactive with my truck and everything I need to know about it. Talk to us about where you envision this as the agent's role, becoming more an advisor. And let's get specific. Like, what does that look like over a 10 year period? What are the touch points? What are the things that, that 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 gets them that constant interaction with their clients so to keith's point they're only going to work with one agent they come right back to that agent which will lead me to another question i think this can be important too but let's start there okay i'm going to give you one tangible example from this week in a microcosm when we bought this house i got a hundred page home inspection that i <laughs> sifted through quickly and frankly didn't pay too much attention to and if i had been paying closer attention or had it you know, bubbled up into a system, I would have noted that our HVAC system, which is pretty important because Texas is in its hundredth day of a hundred degrees or more. Yeah. You went um, from I Chicago to Austin, man, that is yeah, one we're, side we're of the like coin to the other. We're on the surface of the sun here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like unrelenting. So had I paid closer attention or something made me pay closer attention, I would have known that the HVAC system in my attic had a useful life of 10 to 20 years. And sure enough, 2023 is the 10 year mark. And predictably, just as Austin gets, you know, hot as Hades, <laughs> the thing died last week. Mm. And this is a $20,000 replacement that we didn't budget for. We have a young child and the upstairs is 85 degrees. It's not quite a hundred inside the house, but it's 85 degrees. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I now need to go out and we are getting bids from every HVAC company in Austin that's willing to come out here. <laughs> and here's fundamentally the problem. I should have caught this long before it happened. We should have had a curated set of the universe of HVAC companies. And if my realtor towed me in the door, one of them probably would have said, you know what, I'm going to move this guy to the front of the line and I'm not going to gouge him. And ideally, we would have crossed this bridge in winter where everything was more convenient and less expensive. Yeah. So knowing this, the agent who sold me this house could have programmatically somehow 
mm-hmm. told me all these things and said, you know what, you need to be setting aside this much money to cover this or plan to have this expense this, this time down the road. And when you do, here's some directions you may go. So does that mean my agent is my property manager now? Well, they don't really have time to do that if they're doing that for hundreds of people. But with the right systems and tooling and mindset, that agent could have said, hey, Dustin, again, programmatically, nudge, nudge, you probably forgot about this, but let me bring this to the surface. Sometime in the next one to two years, you're probably going to have a problem with this. And before that problem occurs and your family gets really uncomfortable, here's some things you probably should think about. That would be massively impactful. And I would go, oh, my God, right. um, I'm, I'm coming back to that person because they helped me solve a problem. Yeah, even, way, if you didn't, even if you didn't listen, still having someone who <clears throat> telling the, you, which I wouldn't. The, you're right, which you may not. But having someone put the spotlight on it, it's it's incredibly prescient, right? Like, holy it, moly, it this person is, like somebody, knows the future. It, it feels like somebody has your back as opposed to they sold your house five years ago and you never heard from them again. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, everybody whose property values skyrocketed in the last couple of years is super happy until they get their tax bill. Right. And then they get their tax bill and they go, oh my God, what now? And here again, there's things that, that you can do as a homeowner to slow that down a bit, take the edge off or deal with it when it happens. And your agent probably knows the inside track to that and could help you out. But shoot, they're nowhere to be found when it's time to pay your property yeah. taxes. They're not showing you year over year what you're paying or saying, do you really need all that house? Because your, you know, your youngest kid went off to school and you're paying $30,000 a year in taxes and maybe you shouldn't. Let me sell your house and move you to somewhere else. Those so, are all conversations that should happen, but they don't happen enough. I think yeah. it's it's a great example of you know you're you're tied into a database for the refrigerator and the agents know that you know that the refrigerator is on recall. Uh, I, I was reading an article about how many house fires start because they don't have the dryer vents cleaned annually. I'm not making this stuff up. Like it's actually no, was an amazing not. stat. Um, and I, I was just thinking about like, man, if that is, so I guess there's kind of a question and then I'll, I'll throw another one in here too. It's almost like CRM, but relevant. Like it's, well, so, it's the yeah. concept of like, it's a 10 year follow-up, but with crap I actually want to know about, not drip campaigns of junk, no offense that most CRM systems spit out. Like it's a whole different, it's a whole different concept of well, how yeah. you're. I'll piggyback on that a little, James. I mean, it is a little crazy that in today's information age, right, that if you have a CRM and you're marketing to your 250 people in your sphere of influence, the fact that all 250 people are getting the same thing is <laughs> kind of dumb, right? Yeah. Like literally every house is different and every person and or family and or group of humans who purchased a house is different, yet all 250 people are getting the exact same thing. That's silly, right? Because we all have different experiences. <clears throat> so think about this. If you actually want to engage somebody, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. You have to be timely and relevant. Mm-hmm. which means you have to adapt to somebody's circumstance as a household. You have to adapt to the house and the location they're in. And you need to carry on a conversation that never ends for 10 years. That's the bad news. That's, that's complicated. The good news is there has been a sea change in the available technology and information to help you guide those, com- those conversations at scale. 
And I think that's really where this industry is going. It's how do you be useful, be relevant, be present when needed? And a lot of other industries have paved the way for this. We don't have to invent it. We have to adopt the best practices that already exist other places. Like where? Like what's another industry that's done it? <clears throat> oh, think about a really good experience planning travel. And if you use Kayak or Google Travel or Expedia, you could do so much mm-hmm. planning a trip in the whole you know, soup to nuts, right? From the flight to the excursions, you can tell your dining experiences to what you actually like. You can, you can plan an amazing vacation that's complicated, yeah. as, certainly as complicated as homeownership. And you can do that all online. You can yeah. do the vast majority of your banking online mm-hmm. and get a wealth of information from a Chase mobile app combined with NerdWallet. So right. the stuff exists out there. We just haven't yet turned this for our industry into something which is really meaningful yet. So here's a question. Do you say this, which is obviously a lot of the stuff you guys are working on. So say this, this all comes to fruition and the agent is now this advisor for this 10-year period of time. They're the systems communicating with relevant information to the homeowner. To Keith's comment, which you made earlier, they typically only work with one agent. That means they're coming back to their agent. Mm-hmm. They're consistently talking to their agent, which means likely they'll use that agent again. So here's my question. Does this severely <laughs> impact? No, it's, I mean, I think it's relevant. Does it severely mm-hmm. impact the portal's business? Does it affect Zillow and Realtor.com? Because they need that 35%, 40% referral fee. And if you're changing that where the customer is now continuing to come back and not forgetting about their agent earlier, does that affect them? How do they well, respond to that? It, I think it absolutely affects them, but let's let's kind of look at this at its root. You have portals which have built impressive technology, albeit somewhat commoditized impressive technology. And the thing missing from that is human trust and experience and guidance. Yeah. If you leveled the playing field and you put comparable or perhaps better or different technology in the hands of professionals, then they have an incumbent advantage here, right? If there's no reason to go somewhere else to get technology or get information, and the person who is giving that to you, you also happen to trust and who can guide you through the myriad of different edge cases or special circumstances that a portal never could, then why would you go back to the portal? What I don't think has happened yet is I don't think that the industry really has a level playing field on both sides, right? Portals don't have relationships. And for the most part, real estate professionals have an inferior grade of technology. And so it isn't isn't fair on either side, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, you kind of answered a question I was going to ask is, you know, is there, I was going to say, is there a crossroads where technology replaces the agent but i think what you said was very relevant it's a it's going to help the agent be more impactful and keep them centered and to your point level the playing field where does artificial intelligence come into all of this over this this time period i mean with the amount of data and stuff that's available how do you see that playing into both the tech and the role of the realtor in this advisor sort of infrastructure over this time frame it seems like about once a decade, there's a big technology shift. And you mean QR you, codes? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
Sorry. You know, yeah. we, we've <laughs> once a decade, through. there's a shift. I'll get you back on track. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I can't help myself. We, we went through this period of people getting on the internet, right. And having information be available to having information be available and portable on a phone to having information be very geographically aware to having social media. And, you know, it just sort of feels like the next two things that'll hit us are the simultaneous, you know, AI on the one hand and AR, VR on the other. Those are the next two big things on the horizon. So what's that going to do for real estate? It's probably going to accelerate the tech-driven decision-making and guidance on marketing, on home valuation, on contract review, on negotiations, like everything. But and there's going to be a very short list of things that aren't impacted by AI in the next decade. At the same time, all these things take much longer than we think to weave their way in the fabric of everyday life. And I still think we operate in a relationship in, in relationship centric industry. Is AI going to replace that? I got my doubts, to be honest. But I think what AI does do is it potentially takes a lot of the cumbersome, rote, repetitive, time suck stuff that people spend their precious resources on, and it frees them up to do more and to have a bigger impact in other areas of that homeownership value chain. So I don't think it like makes agents obsolete, but what I do think is it opens the door to delivering more value in other places because it frees you up from the stuff that is just frankly repetitive or low value add. I have two comments on this. Uh, one that I would love your reactions to. One is I find it very interesting that as access to information has gone up and up dramatically, <clears throat> if you overlay across that use of a real estate agent, that has also gone up. Yeah. Like, so, mm -hmm. right? Like, massively the, to almost an all time yeah, high. Yeah. Correct. Like, yeah. the more complicated, look, I could work on my car, but it would take like 400 YouTube videos probably for me to figure out where the trunk latch is or the hood latch is, right? That is a very like, relevant comment. It is. I'm very unhandy. Yeah. Uh, so, I think access to information has actually caused use of a real estate agent to go up. What are your thoughts on that first? Well, so, my obsession. No, here which, we go. Yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get a passion answer. Yeah. My obsession is this thing that we're, we've been working on for a while and we'll release between now and year end called the do it for me button. Mm. We present people with an amazing amount of information about what they should do. And our perspective is the vast majority of them won't do it. Even if we arm them with information that says, do this thing, here's how to do it at exactly the right time. And you're going to prevent downstream problems the entire presentation of that information the vast majority of people myself included go i don't want to do that i want to spend sunday with my kids not working on home related problems what i really want to do is push this button and have somebody come do it for me right what really hammered this home was watching the 22 year old who works at our home and helps take care of our children spend more money having coffee delivered to the house <laughs> when we have an entire coffee bar both here and inside the kitchen. Uh, yeah. And I went, what world do we live in where you could just as easily do it yourself, you could have it faster. I'm sure the coffee we have here is better. But she chose to have a frappuccino delivered and the frappuccino cost six bucks and the delivery cost ten bucks. Right. So right. Right. here's my point. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're going to make information ubiquitously available. We're going to guide you around you know, potential pitfalls. We're going to make it very easy. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a button to do it for you, then it's all for naught. Mm. And that's where I think agents excel in the future. It's, yeah, you could mm. do all this. But nobody wants to spend their right. time taking care of the myriad of awful details about homeownership. They actually are going to have somebody do it for them. No. What sucks today is you have to hodgepodge a ragtag team of people to help you, and you're probably also trying your hand at some do-it-yourself stuff too, and it's, it's just a mess. So the winning solution in the future is something that makes it feel easier to deal with, whether it's you know ordering an Uber like you would order a landscaper that kind of parallel I think is going to be the thing that persists. And if you can have the agent be the steward of that, mm. it doesn't mean that they're going to do all the things, but they just need to be the person who is in effect a virtual quarterback. And that's, I think where this all goes. Interesting. I love it. I love yeah. it. Keith, you have a final question you always like to ask to wrap up our, I do. our this show. Is, it's important. Yes. Ones. If you were a real estate agent, what's the one thing you do add or change to your business today? Like as soon as this podcast ended to make a difference in your business? I mean, so this is, this is repetitive, but super easy. I would stop explaining myself to clients as your agent. And I would start immediately positioning as your advisor. Hmm. I would differentiate by saying, this is not like, I'm not here to help you buy or sell a home. Right. We're going to do that, but actually I'm here to do anything related to your home forever. And yeah, I'm not going to literally come and turn a wrench or, you know, go re-roof your house. Sure. But I am going to help you as soon as you encounter these things. Like I'm a button push away mm -hmm. and I'm going to be there to guide you and I got your back. And that is the message I would start to put out. And then I would figure out what do I really need to do to deliver on that promise? Because that right there differentiates you from 98% of the rest of the industry. Interesting. That's interesting. what I would do. You tie that to financially as well. So it's instead of me being paid at the end of the deal after 90 days, you're actually paying me for 10 years worth of affiliation. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. way to tie that in. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah. It's sort of a lumpy payment yeah. structure. And there's yeah. going to be some, ex sure. there's going to be some explanation you need to do, but yeah. Think about when you bought your car. If you had like no dealership support for your car, if whoever sold you your car was like, you're going to buy this car and then like, peace. good luck. You're yeah. on your, peace out, right? <laughs> yeah. Like <clears throat> part of the cost of you buying that car is the future service you're inevitably going to need. It doesn't mean that the dealership is going to pay for all that themselves, mm -hmm. but they're going to facilitate that on your mm -hmm. behalf and help you make sure that your experience with that car is so good that in 10 years, when you come back and you need another truck in your case, you go back to that dealership and you're like, yeah, my needs might have changed, but I love Sam Bernstein, Toyota or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I'm going back to them. Yeah, you actually, that's, you, you actually pay a premium for service, you right? Because if I go to Joe's oil changes, uh, if to all the Joe's listening, I just picked that randomly. Uh, if I go to Joe's oil <laughs> changes, uh, I pay less than if I go. So you pay a premium for the service from the dealership. Uh, and many people are happy and willing to do it because the value is perceived as higher and they have a real relationship with that dealership. So think about this. I know we're just about at time, but yep. so we have, we have a Tesla. And in fact, 
we like can't take it to other Wait, you have shops. a Tesla in Texas? <laughs> we, we How's that work actually? out? You, you buried the lead on this pod. Yeah, yeah we'll you talk know, about we, that we, off camera. Yeah. We, we, we work from home, so there's not a lot of driving. Uh, yeah. We literally can't take our cars anywhere else to get service. You like kind of have, you're like locked into Tesla. What a crappy deal for consumers. Except that their service is great. Right. And I'm happy to pay a premium for it. And every experience we've had subsequent to buying these cars, which are probably not the best built cars ever, mm-hmm. right? Teslas are, are innovative, but they're, they're not the most durable or reliable. They've mm-hmm. never been. Mm-hmm. But I don't care. My overall experience with the car is so good that we'll go buy a third and a fourth and a fifth one. We're going to come back because Tesla as a brand has figured out that there's more that people want and are willing to pay for. Yeah. Mm. And it took a different way of thinking mm. to get them to that place, but they're now worth you know more than the next five car makers combined, even though they're still yeah. very young by, by market share. Which just goes to show you that agents if you increase your value people are willing to pay a premium for it so dustin i think this has been an incredible uh conversation it's a i think it's a glimpse of the future of the future of a real estate agent on on how they're going to be and uh you know i will small plug you guys if you guys want to see some of the stuff that they're doing check them out milestones is pretty incredible things um and uh they're at the forefront of it so dustin thanks for being here uh can't wait to have you back and talk about some of the stuff you'll be doing and after a lot of it gets launched. So we appreciate it. Thanks, Dustin. James, Keith, thanks for your time and having me on the show. Of course. Right. Of course. Listen, we care about you deeply, which is why we never want you to miss an episode of this podcast. Subscribe now. It's just a push of a button.